Hello again, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. This is Mark Joseph Bennett recording out of out of the Toyota Prius recording studio. My wife is upstairs with the baby, so I'm down here in my apartment building parking garage, as per usual, trying to duck under the window so people can't see the face that goes with the voice that is shouting this podcast. I'm feeling great. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm feeling fantastic. I will tell you why. It's because I'm back. I mean, I'm in stand-up mode. Oh, it's so nice to be back. I was just, it's for years. I feel like it's been years. I've been waffling. And the reason is it's the weirdest, it's the weirdest thing. It's the, it's a bit of success can can cause you some problems. I don't know. There's a there's a saying, something like a a drop of poison is good and a bit of success is bad. I'm not sure what the saying is, but it's here's what can happen. It, it this just happened with my wife actually because she wrote a blog post. Long time listeners to the podcast, they know what I'm talking about. My wife went and she wrote some kind of new mom blog post, and it went crazy. People. People were reading it, you know, like tens, hundreds. There was literally hundreds, I think thousands at this point of people were just downloading the article and reading it. And they were like, oh, this is great that she wrote an article. It's so good. Your article is so good. So, of course, they asked her to do a second one. And let me tell you something. This one, oh, did she struggle with this one? She just kept saying, ah, I'm not going to send it. It's bad. Uh, They're not going to want to read this. This is so stupid. And I said, ah, you have Mark Bennett syndrome, my dear wife. And it's not a good syndrome to have because, sure, you're, it makes you super handsome, but it also makes you second guess everything about yourself. Because what happened was she had some success with the first article. See, the first one, no big fucking deal, right? Just send that shit out. And then uh, who cares? Who cares? What am I, a professional writer? She was thinking, whatever. Just boom. I'll, I'll, I'll put it out in the world. And then everyone's like, oh, this is good. What else do you have? And that's when the that's when the doubt creeps in. Well, maybe I was a fluke. Maybe I the thing I won't I'll do now people won't like as much. Maybe I'll be found out as a fraud. That's that's what um, artists often think. Phil uh, Phil Hartman used to say that. You know, before he died, he said that um, artists are the they're always waiting to be found out as a fraud because we just we have an act. We're not we're not pure funny. You know, like the comedians, we don't have it. it we're not 100 percent funny all the time. You know, we we have a well-crafted persona or act or sketches in his case. And so you you but you're still waiting for people to go, oh, wait, you're not. So you are pure fucking organic hilarity. You're not just you're not just funny from to your core you're an actual person who has to work hard to try to be funny on a on an international level yes that's right that's right and so a lot of artists comedians they they even though they know that they still think that maybe they're not that good and what other people are doing like oh maybe chris rock he's just he's so much better than i am at this thing and they don't see the doubt that he might have or the bad sets that he might 
go through or the self-doubt or who knows what he just but he works really hard and he gets the job done you know and then sometimes people are more talented than you let's just face let's just face the facts sometimes people have a real good talent sports that always uh that sports is the thing that's the real i don't know what you'd call it it's the it levels the um playing field you know no pun intended with with sports you just you start to realize you know like you can talk yourself a good game like i could say hey i just need to work harder and i'll be as successful as chris rock but when it comes to sports it's like no like you're not say wayne gretzky i'm not going to score as many goals as wayne gretzky they won't even let me in the league he, i wanted to be in the league that wayne gretzky was in and they were like no 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 you can't even get in any league like you're just Whatever the leagues are, you don't belong in them. We, we will let you play in your spare time, and you can fool around with the puck on the ice, but uh, don't think you're going to make any teams. And we certainly don't want you to play in the NHL. You know, and, you, and so you know, whereas if I had been more talented at hockey, I would have scored more goals, and I would have, uh, you know, maybe made the NHL. That's how... So. But when it comes to the arts and shit, you know, where where there's a subjective element to it, oh boy, you can convince yourself you're talented. Or, in other cases, you can convince yourself you're not talented. And the fact is, maybe it makes no difference if you are talented or not. Larry the Cable Guy is uh, seemingly not very talented, you know. Well, he, I guess he's talented. He found a way to become super successful, but he doesn't seem to be very funny. You know, not in a way that I like or or that a lot of critics, quote unquote critics, like. And maybe you're out there and you're like, I like Larry the Cable Guy. So I don't give a fuck what these critics say. And that is your prerogative. You can say that. You can say, I don't give a shit what critics think and I will still give him my money. And that's why he can exist. And maybe that's his talent. You know, like Nickelback. Like, you know who I'm talking about when I say Nickelback. So no matter how many people say they suck, and they may, in your opinion, Nickelback may suck in your opinion, and they don't seem to be very good musicians. You know, I don't want to disparage them. I'm sure Chad Kruger and the rest of the band, I'm sure they're big fans of the podcast, so I don't want to cut them down. You know, there's a big feud they're having with Slipknot right now. But they... um. No matter what you want to say. Oh, Nickelback sucks. Well, you know who they are. And they're making lots of money. So what's your definition of sucking? It's, you know, you're trying to judge music critically, I suppose. And you feel your judgment is that they're not that good. So what I'm saying is it's a gray area, right? It's not a gray area if I score five goals in a game. There's nothing gray about that. That is black and white. Mark Bennett is an amazing hockey player. He scored five goals in this game. He's fantastic, right? But if Mark Bennett puts out an album and the critics hate it, but the public likes it, is that successful? If the critics like it and the public hates it, is that successful? If everybody hates it, does Mark shoot himself in the face? Yes. Yes, he does. No, he won't. He's not going to do that. And if you're thinking about doing that, folks, call, call somebody. People care out there. They do. Call me. 
just, you know. But between the hours of like noon and midnight, because I'm, I, I don't, I'm a, not a morning person. I'm not going to talk you off a ledge at 8 a.m. I'll be like, fucking go ahead. Go ahead. I just need to get back to sleep. But you call me at, at like 1, maybe 2 p.m. You know, the baby's down for a nap. You know, I got a few minutes. I got a few minutes to spare. I'll tell you that you matter. Your life is worth hanging on to. Anyway, what the fuck was I talking about? Ah, I was talking about the 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 dollop the dollop of uh success causing this fear. She's afraid that she won't repeat her success. She's not necessarily looking at it that way. She just feels that it's no good and I don't want to do it and yada yada. But it's because the last one and now the expectations are up there. Now see This is what I'm talking about for myself is that I've been doing comedy a long time. And when I first started, you know, balls to the wall, it doesn't matter. Just put this shit out there. You think, you know, a little bit about it, but you're also, you're young. And I was, I was, what was I, 24 or something like that. And so you go up there, you have a few good jokes. People are like, hey, look at this young fella. I see good things for this young guy. You win a few contests and you do a whatever, but you're fresh faced, you know? And so everywhere you go, all your material is new. And they're like, who's this guy? And you get a little bit better and a little bit better. And now I'm at the point where, so I'm supposed to be good. I'm just supposed to be good. It's like a Louis C.K. joke. I think he said, when you're 40, nobody gives a shit about you. She's like, yeah, do your fucking job. Like, you don't, you don't get praise for doing things well. It's just, you're supposed to. It's your job. So here I am. I'm supposed to be a good comedian. I'm a headliner at, at comedy clubs and, and corporate shows and events and other comedy-related shit. So I go up and, and I'm supposed to do a good job. And, and I do. For the most part, I, people seem pleased at the end of the day, you know, not everybody. You can't be perfect. I, I, I'm aiming for it. But it's, you know, there's one or two out of every 30,000 people who see me that don't think I'm the best thing they've ever seen. Okay? I'll take it that far. And because I like to do a good job, and generally I do do a good job... When I go to these open mics, then I've got to, you know, I got, I got to, I kind of got to start from scratch. And when you're, you're starting from scratch, like, like, here's the thing is that most of the audience is the comics. Like I told you, so you can't just go do your tried and tested material, A, because they know most of it, and B, it sounds like your old material. I don't know how to describe it, but there is... There's a sound to a well-rehearsed bit that you've done before uh, that is in your act compared to the new shit that you're throwing out. You can try to make them as close as you can, but there's always a difference. And the comedians, they can hear that difference. So it sounds very disingenuous when you're trying to do old bits in front of comedians. But see, one of the problems with this, well, then Mark, just do the new, just do all new bits. Sure, sure voice in my head, you are correct. I should just go and do all new bits. The problem with that comes that it's not going to be that strong of a six minutes. It's just that's the way it goes. Whether whether or not you're, you're Bill Burr or Louie or Jerry Seinfeld, if you're going up at six brand new minutes, 
almost never is that a really strong set. So here I am at these open mics, and I'm supposed to be one of the guys who, you know, headlines the shows and say, oh, who's this guy? Oh, he's, he's the guy who's at the comedy club this week. And the people I'm doing the open mic with, there are often people who have never even been paid for comedy. So, of course, when you look at it, I'm supposed to have much better jokes than, than those people. You know, so, so here now, and now you, but in this setting, it's the opposite. Because I have six minutes of shit that I wrote maybe the day before because I'm trying to get new material. And they have the best jokes that they've been working on since the beginning of their career. So maybe it's a couple of years ago or maybe it's a few months ago or whatever. But they do all of their strongest material because they're trying their best to uh, become a paid comedian. So they're trying to rehearse their the bits that they think are funny. And uh, and so sometimes their routines are pretty good, you know? And then I get up there and just shit a pile of shit onto the stage Literally, sometimes that would be funnier if I just shit a pile of shit than the things that I would say. But you got to do it. So what I the way I do it is if I can go up with the six minutes and it's well rehearsed, then I can do it. It doesn't have to be six minutes that goes fantastically. It just has to be six minutes I'm comfortable saying. I've never been good at just saying a pile of uh, new stuff off the cuff, like a reading off a notepad and just throwing it out there like some guys or girls. You know, I just, I'm not, I'm more, I, I just, I like to know what I'm going to say. Even if that stuff doesn't go fantastically, if I know what I'm going to say, I feel good. I, and so that's what happened on Wednesday. I went out. And uh, it wasn't a great set. It really wasn't. But I got two new jokes out of it. And uh, one of them was an extension of a current joke I have. And another one was just a brand new joke. And uh, that was it. Out of the six minutes, there was about 45 seconds that worked. And the rest of it was, was pretty terrible. It was pretty terrible. Now, I made some jokes about it being terrible. Uh, and that, that went over really well. But... Um, you know, I walked away super happy from that set. And it's weird because I, I think I'm thinking more and more about the comedians after the show. And just now I'm in my head about how they didn't think I was very good and all this shit. But like, like all the stuff I just told you was true, that a lot of them were young guys doing some of their best stuff. And I'm doing like just just shit, just a pile of fucking feces. And but I have to. I, and so that's the ego shot that I need to take. I need to take the ego shot of you aren't going to do as well as most of these people at an open mic, even even though most of them aren't professional comedians and you are. You just have to deal with the fact that the only way for you to do it is to do brand new material because otherwise it's a waste of your time, you know. But then you make yourself look like you're not that good. That's a tough pill to swallow for someone like me. You know, you just. But you know what? You got to do it because on the other side of it, like I said, they can tell, you know, when you're doing rehearsed material or they can tell when you've done these jokes on stage before, probably because they've heard them. And then you look like a bigger idiot. So this guy's showing up at the open mic and he's doing his 
the the A-list material from his set. Well, fuck you, buddy. But yeah, I feel good. I feel I feel in control. You know, it wasn't the world's greatest. It's funny because I did the uh, uh, new material at a, at the comedy club that's close to my apartment uh, recently, and that set went really well. But the new material didn't hit that hard, and so I was super upset about it. You know, and now here I am doing a much worse set in front of very little audience members, but happy that two new jokes worked. It's a funny thing. Comedy is a funny thing. It's a feeling good. Feeling good. Got the uh, material out there. Now it's going to help me build my next comedy album. The first one will be released soon. It's taken me a long time to put this out. Many years in the making. I don't know why it's taken me so long. <laughs> no, sure. Crippling self-doubt is why. And why it's taken me so long to put it out. And also, too, like a lot of people put out albums really, really fast, and they're just not ready to put out comedy albums. You know, you see the kids these days, oh, the kids these days, putting out their fucking albums 20 minutes in. It's true. If you've, if you've done comedy for like a year or two and you think you can put out an album, you're probably wrong. And I am saying album. I just don't know how else to say it. You know, like I was saying CD for a while and someone recently very condescendingly was like, CDs, really? You're putting out a compact disc? It's like, sort of. Yeah, I mean, it'll be available on CD. It's still a thing people use. But, you know, you can't say, I'm working on the the USB stick. I'm working on the, the MP3s. Now, like, it's it's still an album, right? It's still, it's a it's a complete piece unto itself. It has track numbers, I think. That's the only thing I can call it. An album. It's going to be out on vinyl, everybody. No, it won't be out on vinyl. Who knows? I could do that. Like fucking Radiohead or Pearl Jam or some shit. You can get the Mark Bennett uh, limited edition vinyl. I'll sign it. Put my own, I'll put my ass print right on it. Send it right back to you. Hey, this is an authentic Mark Bennett ass print? Wow. Where did you get? There was only 3,000 of these released. A week for two years. There is hundreds of thousands of Mark Bennett's ass prints on vinyl records. They're not even his records. He's just grabbing random records, sitting on them, and sending them through the mail. I didn't ask for this. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, try to get that album out. And then we'll chuck on to a new one. You know, moving on. Speaking of moving on in life, our neighbors are leaving. We have these lovely uh, Indian neighbors uh, here in Toronto on our floor, and they're they're taking off. Found out their names for the first time. We've been here for six or seven years. Never knew their names. Just you just what are you gonna do? You know, you you missed it. That that window is that first six months to a year. You get, like last year, it's not like we could pipe up, hey, you know we've been talking for six years? Your name is, uh, what now? And I think it's uh, Srini? I can't even pronounce it very well. S-R-I-N-I. Srini? I hope I got it right. Anyway, now that I know his name, the man, I still don't know the female. I don't know her name. 
But now that I know Srini's name, I still don't say it because what if I'm saying it wrong? They're, they're taking off. The reason I bring it up is that uh, just how people, the subtle racism, not even, what's subtle? What am I talking about? Nothing subtle about the racism that I experienced on my floor. All right, because it just reminded me. I'm nostalgic now about Srini and his wife and their kids leaving because they were nice people. You know, your, your neighbors aren't always nice. They burned incense that stank like a bitch. You know, but it's not their fault for whatever reason. Whatever was in their apartment would just waft right into our apartment, you know. And so they're burning incense, which is their right. It is their apartment. But yeah, our apartment often smelled very perfumey. Used to make me cough. Anyway, that's not the racist part. I'm (laughs) I'm pretty sure there was nothing racist about that. They burned incense. We smelled it. End of story. I didn't say, hey, all oh, those fucking people with their goddamn incense. Oh, you know what I'm talking about, huh? You know the types I'm talking about. Coming here, taking our fucking jobs. You know? There could be a hardworking white Canadian who wants to burn incense, and they're taken away. No. The reason I talk about the racism is that on the floor... We have white people, um, and I, I distinguish, you know, I'm saying white, and by white I mean North American Caucasian, all right? I'm, I'm going to be very specific, all right? These are white Canadians who are just what you'd expect. When you think about a, just a pasty white person whose ancestors all lived in, in a 30-square-foot geometric area for 60,000 years. That's these people. Just white, white, white. And it just, they think when they see me, who looks like them, just, I'm a, I'm half Irish, half English. Uh, my, my type of white has been around for a, uh, many generations in, uh, Newfoundland, where I grew up, many, many generations. And so, like, there, you can tell there's nothing exotic about me. My wife is half Egyptian. Now, she's, she doesn't get the type of racist comments I get. And you're like, what, Mark, what? Wait a second. You're saying you, the purebred white man, who is, 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 who is as white as a, as, a, as a loaf of bleached bread, and about as interesting. You're telling me you get the racism? And I'm not saying I get racism directed at me. I get racism talked to me. That's the, that's the weird part, is that I, they, they think I'm going to be on their side. And, and I'm not. But they say it in a way where I can't go to them, just a fucking second now. What did you say about that group of people? Like, I can't, I can't call them on it. Because they kind of, and that's what I meant when I first said by subtle. They, they just throw it in like, all right, here, well, here's the example. So, this one isn't about my Indian neighbors, actually. I'll, I'll, it's about uh, another group of neighbors on the floor. Uh, it's this lovely Filipino couple. They are Filipino, and they are lovely. 
And uh, one day, in fact, many days, our hallway just stinks of fish. Like, like somebody has decided cooking fish is not enough. I have to disintegrate a fish. I have, I have to put fish in an oven until it disappears. Like it is, the amount of stink of this fish. It's it's hard to contemplate. It's I'm asking Srini, can he burn some more incense? Oh my God, I just, I never even thought of that. Srini's been burning the incense to get rid of the stink of fish because he's in our hallway too. He's smelling the fish because I don't think it's coming from our area. It's, it seems to be stronger towards the elevators. Oh, Srini, here I was thinking that you just loved the incense. It turns out you're just, you're just trying to make your apartment smell fresh. And then making my, now I'm going to miss him even more. I'm going to miss him even more. So this Filipino couple uh, also lives in the hallway. Now, I'm uh, going out to do some laundry. I'm at the elevator, and there's just some white lady who's there, and the it really, really smells like fish. So you you got to say something, you know, because my, my first thought is, what if she thinks that I was cooking fish with my shirt, that this, I, this smells so bad right now, you would think it's got to be the person standing next to me. So I was like, whoa, that's a pretty strong smell of fish, huh? You know? And I was pretty sure it wasn't her. Because she came from a direction where the fish smell wasn't. Because that would have been awkward. But I say, it was a pretty strong, strong smell of fish, right? And then she says, yes, yes, I know. I think it's my neighbors. I was like, oh, yeah, really? She goes, yeah, she, there's my, my neighbors, uh, they're Filipino, and they cook fish, you know, all the time. And that really smells bad. I was like, oh, oh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a strong smell of fish. Like, but what do I do there? Right? She, she, might, she might be exactly right. A, they are Filipino. And B, maybe they are the ones cooking fish like every day or every second day and stinking out the joint. But it's just the, there's, the implication is there. They're Filipino. It's like, oh, oh, that explains it. They're Filipino. Oh, you don't know those fucking cooking fish. These... I don't know. I, I don't, like, I feel like that was, should I have said something? Do you say, hey, what difference does it make that they're Filipino? There's lots of people like fish. Lots of people cook smelly fish. What do you mean by that, white lady? But I didn't do that, you know? Maybe, does that make, maybe I'm part of the problem. You know, even if she's factually accurate, she's saying, she has neighbors. They are Filipino. Check mark. Check mark. They cook fish all the time. That also appears to be true. But she didn't need to say they were Filipino. She just could have said, my neighbors cook fish all the time and it stinks. Right? The imp- Saying they're Filipino, that implies something. It implies that they cook fish because they're Filipino or it stinks and they don't give a shit because, you know what I mean? Like there's something, something off about it. And uh, I don't think she should have said that. But at the same time, I di- it didn't sound, it wasn't so overtly racist 
that I can just jump in and go, hey, just a second, lady. Who the fuck do you think you are? You know? But maybe I should have. Oh, my God. See, and if she thinks, if she, that's that's how I should have cleared it up. Oh, you think that it only Filipino people are stinking out the hallway with the fish? Let me tell you something. Uh, my cousin, all right? My cousin, uh, Dexter. Oh, he's, he's, a, he's a lovely man, Dexter. Not the serial killer from the TV show. And um, he got mad at his parents one time because they, were, in Newfoundland, fish is one of the most, it's the, the biggest staple of the Newfoundland diet is fish. It's, it's an island. The, the entire uh, province of Newfoundland was founded on fishing. People fish there all the time. And so fish is a very prevalent meal option. And he was complaining to his parents at one point, you guys, you keep cooking fish, and you leave the closet doors open, and all my clothes smell like fish, and in school people call me fish boy. Now that is a, a horrifically uncreative name that they gave him. Hey, that kid smells like fish, and he's a boy. Hey, fish boy, what's up? Horribly uncreative. That's what he should have taken exception with, you know? Like, like call him something else. You know, I can't, I, I don't know what that, Jaws? You know, give, give it a little subtlety. You bunch of fucking assholes. Anyway, so his parents heeded him, I think. They tried to do their best to shield his clothing from the fish stink. But let me tell you something. So if that white lady at the elevator, if it was my cousin Dexter and his parents, you know, what do you say then? Well, they cook fish a lot because... They like fish. Yeah. You, I, let me tell you something. I am sure there are Filipino people who do not like fish. I'm from Newfoundland where everybody loves fish. I don't like it. I don't like it. And then the second bout of racism came from the other white lady who lives. Oh, the white ladies. That's the problem, ladies and gentlemen. The white ladies. They, they, it was this white girl in our building, and what happened was we had a cockroach incident. There were, they had to fumigate the, um, the hallway, they get rid of, like, we, had, we just had a lot of cockroaches. It's, it's a big city. It's like being in New York or London. There's fucking cockroaches in the big, in the big buildings. There's nothing you can do about it. Cockroaches are amazing. If they weren't so disgusting, I, they would be my favorite thing because they are so fucking indestructible. Jesus Christ. You can gas yourself easier than uh, than a cockroach. They're like, they were laughing while you're dying. You're like, oh, you're dying from the cockroach gas? Too bad, man. We'll just be eating your face soon. So we had the cockroach problem. And uh, she brings it up to me. She was like, hey, did you, uh, did you guys get any cockroaches? We were like, of course we did. You know, this the whole the whole floor had them. So we, we, we got fumigated. We, we put all our food in, in containers. You know, we wouldn't, we, there, there, you just, the best thing you can do if you have cockroaches is to simply uh, not make it an ideal environment for them so that they come to your house and they go, hey, not a lot of food here. Let's move on. Let's go on to the next place where there may be more food. 
but you can't just eradicate it entirely. It's very difficult. But anyway, it, things have calmed down. Now, the cockroach situation seems to be over. But uh, at this time, what the white lady said to me, remember, separate from the other white lady. This is on a floor of an apartment building. We're talking like, what, 12 apartments, something like that? And I don't know most of the people. I only know the only the only white people I know. And by white people, you know what I'm talking about. Those those pure bred, probably inbred white Canadians with no no color to their skin whatsoever. Translucent. You know the ones who think they own the everything. And I can say that now because that is, that Jesus Christ. You know, being, I'm not going to complain about being white because it's, obviously it's good for me. But it is, it's just with, with the Trump and the Brexit and stuff like there are so, to see people's true colors, no pun intended, because they're white. There are no, they, it's the absence of color. But to see the underlying, like, everyone go fuck themselves. Things are good for me, so fuck you all. It is just there. It's just... So, this other white lady, on the, talking about the cockroaches, and uh, I'm like, yeah, well, what are you going to do? It's a big building. And then she just volunteers. Well, you know, I, there's a lot of kids in the hallway. And I was like, sure. Sure, there are sometimes the kids in the hallway. She was, yeah, you know, they're... The Indian kids. I was like, okay, yeah. And by Indian in this case, she meant kids from India. Sometimes people will say Indians when they mean Native Americans, but she she actually meant people from India. So let's give her let's give her props for that. She didn't uh, she didn't misname people. You know, there's some um, there's a couple of Indian kids running around. You know, I was like, yeah, no big deal. She was, they make so much noise in the hallway. I was like, well, sometimes, but they're just they're little children, you know, fucking little children. So I said that. Yeah, they're just little kids, though. So, ah, you know, what are you going to do? And I'm trying to keep it jovial. I'm trying to keep it light. And she said, yeah. She goes, and their parents, I mean, you know, with all the stuff that they cook, you know, that's where it's coming from. I was like, oh, uh, sorry now. She goes, you know, she goes, my, my mother used to, uh, was a landlord at like a building. And like, I mean, you should, they, they all sleep together. Like they're they bring in like so many families. There's a, there's like ten of them probably in there, all sleeping on a mattress in one room. Like I've seen it. And I was like, oh holy shit, holy shit. And like I was, I don't, I'm not a confrontational person in general. And you, it, like it's a. And she thinks I'm on her side. Remember, so to just go, and straight into hey. Fuck you. Like, it's, that is not, I don't think, a productive thing to do. It, it, it's while, it's probably what I should have done. I feel that if you don't find a way to get through to people, it, it's not going to make any difference if you just yell in their face. And plus, that's uncomfortable for me. I have to have a fight with this lady now because she said something shitty. So now I've had to fight with her because of her? Ah, 
don't want to. So I just was like, well, no, they're really, they're really nice. I said, and it's only, it's, they, they live by themselves, just uh, he and his wife and uh, their two kids. And I said, they're, they're, they're nice. And I said, I'm not, I'm not sure if that, if that's true, you know, of what you said. I said, but I, I do know that these, these guys are, I, I like them. And she was like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And then she just went on with more racist shit. And I was I was tapping out at that point. I just wanted to leave. I just wanted to go, you know? But this is, you know, I got to... I feel like there should be some kind of um, kit out there that is available for me to buy that teaches me how to deal with people who are saying subtly shitty stuff. You know, just just send me a pamphlet so I will be able to say the right thing here. You know, I don't, do I, do I blow up and just start screaming racism? You know, or do I try to, do I try to do what I did? Or do I try to subtly get through to them? Do I try to be more forceful? I don't, I don't know. What, what am I supposed to do? Does anyone know? Just leave uh, comments below in the section that doesn't exist. I always say that. Just leave, just leave comments below. Send me an email. Just do something. Here's what I will say. Here's what I'll do. I'll make a plea out there to uh, you white people who are listening. Try Be mindful, okay, of the things you... Not that you say that you think... Like, why is it, why would you just say the Filipino couple? Why would you do that? You're, you're, you're implying that they're this and, and we're that. We're on a different team. We're not on a different team. They just like fish. And I don't mean the Filipinos in general. I mean, those, those specific two people like fish. You know what my problem is, is that I don't expect it. And then it happens fast, and then I'm like, wait, is that what they meant by that? And it's not until later when I start to figure out what it is that went down that I start going, Jesus, I should have said something. I should have done something. You know, with the with the white lady talking about the cockroaches, you know, with Srini, that was a bit easier, and that's why I was like, no, no, that's I that I don't think that's true what you said, and these these guys are super nice, and I tried to say it in as nice of a way as I can, and that girl still talks to me, so I think I did do a pretty good job, and who knows, maybe I made her a little less racist, you know, I should probably get a holiday named after me, because someone in Toronto may be slightly less racist. I doubt it though. I'd say she's just running around being the same, blaming East Indian people for cockroaches. But with the one who said, my neighbors, they're Filipino and they cook fish all the time. It's like, it wasn't until later when I digest I'm like, wait, why the Filipino thing? Why did you? So that's my plea. My major plea is don't include me in your, in your, hey, we're in this together. And these fucking people over here. What do you mean these people over here? I am just, I'm so tired of these people over here and these people, arbitrary lines drawn by governments and wars and dictators and Cartesians. 
Who draws the fucking lines? Who draws the lines on a map? It's not me. It's like, oh, I hate these guys because they're over here. And we're over here. So fuck them. What if we just remove that line? Now we're all over here. We're all in one spot. How about that? I'm not big on nationalism. All right. I like Canada. It's a nice place. And I understand that it's easier to govern smaller areas. So you need to, you know, that's why you have mayors of, of a city. You need like you need it needs to expand outwards. I get that. You know, but. Having like I hate this country. Well, because we have this country and we hate that one. Just I don't know. You know. Maybe the Olympics. I don't mind the Olympics. That seems like a nice way to celebrate national pride. You know, it's like, hey, we're all from this area of the world and we like to jump over sticks. And it was like, hey, we like to jump over sticks too. I wonder which area in the world can jump higher over these sticks. That seems pretty harmless, but maybe it's not. All the nationalism. Anyway, let's remove all the borders. Ladies and gentlemen, that's the... To the crux of this podcast, let's get rid of the borders all across the entire world, and then we won't have some lady blaming the East Indians for cockroaches and the Filipinos for the smell of fish in my apartment building. Just that people are fucking, people are gross. They're garbage pieces of shit, most people. I probably am too. I also found out that I'm an idiot. Well, I'm, I, I always find that shit out, but like, you know, I'm always talking about my Zoom recorders, you know, that I record the podcast with. With one of my Zoom recorders, you can just plug a guitar right into it and it has like pedals. And when I played in a band when I was in university and I actually had a Zoom, uh, what do you call them? Pedals. Like it was, it was a electronic pedal system made by Zoom and I just pieced it together. That's the same fucking company of the Zoom recorders, and they had the same presets and pedals that I used to use when I was in university in my little sound recorder. And so I could just play guitar into it, and it could sound like, you know, like like a Jimi Hendrix distortion or a Led Zeppelin or heavy metal. And I can make my own theme song. You know, obviously I could have made my own theme song, you know, in, in a million different ways with the vast computer technology and the savvy. Oh, guys, that I have so much tech savvy. They call me Savvy Boy. That's what they call me. But it was too much trouble. But it doesn't seem like a lot of trouble to plug in my guitar. Fender Stratocaster, ladies and gentlemen, because I'm no fucking fool. Fender Stratocaster, Olympic white, maple fretboard, just like the man himself, Mr. Jimi Hendrix, except it's left. It's for the right-handed people. I am not some left-handed genius. I am a right-handed genius. But I could plug that in, you know, chunk out a little theme song, probably be something a little hard rock, right? Some screaming solo. Now, I could put that at the beginning of this fucking podcast and have a theme song. I'm excited. Uh, but here's what will happen. And this is, this is how my uh, life works. I have found that out. I think that's great. I'll go, I'll get new strings for my guitar. It's not good enough just to get the old strings on my guitar. I'll get it tuned up perfectly. I'll find out the guitar since I haven't played it in years. is it? Uh, it's warped a little bit, so I'll have to bring it in to, um, to the, uh, you know, 
music shop here and get the trust rod adjusted or whatever the fuck they do. And then and after about three months of work, I'll plug it in. I'll try to write some and then I'll listen to it back and I'll hate it. And then I'll say, I'm not putting that for my fucking theme song. And then you people still won't hear a theme song. That's it for the podcast. That's it for the podcast. Here, to recap, I uh, went to an open mic and uh, I found my footing again in the world of the kids. I'm, I'm going to go out again. I enjoy that shit. I don't enjoy it. <laughs> but, but I found a way to enjoy it when normally I hate it. And let me tell you something. You, you might not think that's a big deal. It's a huge deal. It's a huge deal. The podcast you are currently listening to, oh man, it's about to, you're about to gain a lot of fellow listeners. When, when now that I got my shit together, my God, oh my God, the fans that are going to come. Oh, so many fans. And a lot of these fans, to go along with my recap, are going to be racist. Because there's a lot of subtle racism out there. Keep your eye out for it. Be better than me, ladies and gentlemen. When you see that racism, as subtle as it is, just go, what was that? What'd you say? They were Filipino? Be better than me. Be ready for it. I'm ready for it. From now on, I'm on my toes. I'm going to be expecting that racism. And then I'm going to try to correct it in a way that doesn't make the other person mad because I don't like when people get mad at me. And also, I could write a theme song, but I probably won't. That was a good recap. Thanks so much for listening. I will check in with you again soon. I might be on vacation, myself and my wife and my baby, because you can't just leave the baby at home. You got to take the baby with you when you go on vacation. We're going we're gonna to go out with friends for a week at a, at a cabin, and I'm going to have to take my portable Zoom recorder with me, see? One of the reasons I bought it, portability. I'm going to take that with me, record a podcast out there. It's going to be fantastic. I'll check in with you again soon. It's Mark Bennett. I said shut up and good night. <laughs>